Welcome to Prepare to Care, the AARP podcast that provides resources and tools to support caregivers and their families. I am your host, Charlene Hunter-James. Nearly 7 million Latinos in the U.S. provide unpaid care to an, un, to an aging or older loved one. Many Latino family caregivers see caregiving responsibilities simply as something family members do for one another and they do not seek outside help. Today, the face of the Latino caregiver is changing. Here to talk to us about the change and what it means is Dr. Jacqueline Angel. She is a professor of public affairs and sociology at the University of Texas at Austin. Dr. Angel, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me today. Okay, you recently had an op-ed published in the Houston Chronicle in which you spoke about the Latino caregiver and the challenges they face. Tell me why uh, do you, did you feel the need to write that? And, and what is um, happening in terms of the Latino caregiver? I wrote the piece because, first of all, it was during Hispanic Heritage Month. And it's always uh, a nice reflection to recognize the, the strengths of the Hispanic population. But as you pointed out, there's many uh, changes in our society that is highlighting and animating new challenges for uh, the Latino population, particularly for Latino caregivers. I have done research over the last 30 years funded by the National Institute on Aging to look at these uh, important health and uh, care needs for the Latino population across the life course, but more importantly for older uh, Hispanics and those who are trying to age in place. So this was an opportunity to recognize, again, those strengths of the family, but also these emerging uh, challenges, which in many cases are very complex. Um, and fortunately, there are many new sources of information and data to describe fairly precisely uh, what the underlying problems are and, and also how to uh, begin to address these needs. One of the major issues is that the Latino population is uh, living very long lives. We know that the U.S. population, because of advances in public health and medical care, are living longer. But what is unique is the uh, Latino population, and particularly the Mexican origin population in the United States, is spending about uh, two-thirds of their life after age 65 with uh, compromised health. And this is also uh, especially for our foreign-born Mexican origin population based on the data called the Hispanic uh, Established Population for the Epidemiologic Study of the Elderly. And we've been following our older Mexican-Americans since 1992 and their caregivers and their families. So we really have a very um, rich uh, set of data 
to be able to see how these changes are affecting their ability to, to care for one another in terms of the resources they need. And so what that means is that this protracted time spent um, and these longer lives means that caregivers, Latina caregivers, Mexican-American caregivers, we're seeing this across most of the subgroups of our Cuban-Americans, Puerto Ricans, and, and our other uh, groups. So they will be spending more of their time and what comes with that are seriously uh, disabling conditions. The two most common conditions in the Latino population that caregivers are reporting are diabetes type two and dementia, Alzheimer's disease. Many times these diseases also, and these <coughs> conditions co-occur together. And so, all of our data, as well as others, those from the AERP, the National Alliance for Caregiving, the National uh, Survey of, of uh, Caregivers, this is national data also fu uh, funded by the National Institute on Aging, is showing that this new role is requiring more training, more intensive care, as well as uh, a longer period of time, which uh, will be needed given these um, longer life expectancies. You mentioned about the uh, longevity, increased longevity rates um, of uh, the care recipients. Do you see that same increase in the number of caregivers um, through the different generations? Well, the Latino uh, population is relatively young compared to other groups. They are, as I mentioned, rapidly aging, uh, they're aging themselves, the fastest segment of the population is 85 and older. And we're finding that the non-senior populations are children and uh, those from other minority groups are going to comprise the largest segment of our, our caregiver workforce in years to come. We actually um, discussed this in, in a new book uh, co-authored with my colleague, uh, Dr. Fernando Torres Gil, who uh, is the former Assistant Secretary mm -hmm. of Aging for the US Department of Health and Human Services, because we wanted to look at the extent to which this sort of racial and ethnic age grading of our, our labor force will be putting additional strains on the ability for uh, family members to care for one another. We're also finding that in many cases that the young people, uh, their children, other relatives are needing support themselves. Um, so in many cases, it's mutually uh, beneficial when uh, young uh, members of the family are caring for an aging parent. The average age of our, in our study, of our caregivers is about 52 years of age. Um, so uh, other studies are showing a younger age. Uh, it depends on uh, what groups you're looking at. Ours, again, is looking at the Mexican origin population. Okay, so you've touched on a little of that. So let's just stay on that for a minute. What is, what is the impact, the impact of, of the finances of the caregivers, caregivers, the health, the health status, status of caregivers, caregivers employment, employment, 
and the ability to access needed resources. Yeah. Well, we've seen uh, since you know the turn of the century just such tremendous transformations in our in our families. We are undergoing major um, changes in the extent to which we can take care of one another because we are having to go to work uh, and also take care of our parents. Uh, and many of these jobs that are uh, Latinos, uh, uh, women, because uh, they're disproportionately the caregivers are, are um, employed in, are, are, do not come with uh, benefits, healthcare benefits, uh, retirement benefits. Uh, many of them are not uh, represented uh, in areas where it's easy to access resources. Ideally, we'd like to see employers provide uh, more uh, support for the Family Medical Leave Act, for example. Uh, that's by law, but other additional supports when a family member is trying to uh, take care of an aging parent uh, to participate in uh, the FMLA program uh, for its 90 days. And it does require that the, the uh, caregiver actually um, pay for those for those time off. So it's a major hindrance to being able to take advantage of that. So uh, the idea also of many of the millennials who are providing a lot of, of the support now, um, again, are benefiting uh, from co-residing with an aging parent. And uh, this is an important for them so that they'll be able to get the education that they need, but also it's a challenge, it's a juggling act. In many cases, they're also working. I find with my students, they are um, multitasking uh, with regard to um, making ends meet. And this is a, a public health, you know, kind of almost emerging crisis with regard to dealing with this role strain and stress because not only are we seeing it sort of over the typical um, caregiver um, in the Latino population, but for our young people, our younger generation and those to come will really have to um, contend with all of these extra demands with again, a dynamic economy uh, and a different way and new arrangements will have to be created. Right. Uh, and that's where we need these sort of the energy uh, focused. Mm -hmm. In your article, you said that dealing with caregiving support was the first step in fixing the issue or addressing the issue. What does that entail and what other solutions do you see and recommend? Our study finds of, of our 300 uh, Mexican-American caregivers that many of them are sort of new to the role and really need uh, information and support for uh, carrying out the role. And again, this role increasingly is, is uh, not just for custodial care, it's also in many cases, you know, managing uh, diabetes and, and many times that's with, uh, these are uh, also co-occur with uh, medically, other medically complex problems. So 
education and outreach is critical uh, for this population in connecting them to services and supports for being able to understand what is in store now, and especially, for example, in dementia caregiving, as the disease progresses, what kind of resources will be needed and how is it possible to be able to prepare for, for an inevitable uh, decline, which will um, often comes with uh, additional out, um, out-of-pocket expenses. If you look at statistics uh, coming out of the Urban Institute um, in terms of the cost of caregiving, we're talking, um, you know, millions and billions of dollars uh, for not just uh, the, the government, and uh, but also for uh, family caregivers. And that can be very um, distressing, creating even more strain. So we have caregiver role strain uh, right. that is, you right. know, comes about as a result of, of this burden. But also, again, coping with that, we need culturally appropriate and tailored programs so that you know, they'll be helpful and not hurtful in being able to, to deal with this on an ongoing basis. It should be um, easily accessible. We also need, uh, as I mentioned, arrangements where both generations and multi-generations multi mm -hmm. can get together and help one another. I'm working uh, with my students and colleagues and partners in the city of Austin just by example, on an intergenerational day program right. that involves uh, adult daycare and childcare located all in one place. This is a, a benefit for both generations and particularly for, for family caregivers who, who need these supports. Essential workers amid this coronavirus pandemic, it's critical that we have these public-private partnerships for our are those who need it most, and particularly our, our Latino population who, again, are facing few uh, resources, re uh, retirement plans that are uh, being evaporating because of the changing uh, uh, labor force needs. And all of this combined is, is creating just, again, this extra, extra, extra strain. At the same time, I think we should mention that something that's also emerging in our data and, and in other studies is this caregiver paradox that this this desire um, to take care of 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 their aging parents and and is so uh, culturally um, rooted in in the tradition that they're able to sort of buffer off the 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 challenges that they're facing. So even though there's high demands, um, we're seeing a, a, a tremendous amount of resilience. Um, and I think that's a, a hopeful uh, way to, to, uh, to see that, you know, it can happen, but we also need community resilience and we need uh, the communities and neighborhoods to step up. You know, our neighbors are, are, are a very important uh, source of support. And so often, um, we're unable to turn to them, but for the Latino community, it's uh, these ethnic enclaves can be extremely supportive if if the the local municipalities can fortify them with 
the resources they need, such as an intergenerational day center. That's so that's what that's what we're learning. And I think it's very exciting to see the, these changes combining, you know, affordable housing with senior services is a, is a whole mm-hmm. type of model nationwide that we're seeing. And clearly, uh, this is, again, very relevant for the Latino population because they tend to co-reside and uh, form um, multi-generational households, uh, not only just to make ends meet, but also as they're growing older, what our data show, it's also because they need the long-term care. So it's a very complex relationship we're seeing also at this time, because in many cases, our millennials are, are moving back across all racial and ethnic groups to, uh, t- uh, to really try to sort of manage these uh, economic and uh, financial challenges. And so uh, this is an, uh, a pattern we're going to want to look at further at to see um, how this might be uh, beneficial if in fact uh, it's effective. Amid the coronavirus, this is obviously um, extra pro- problematic because it may be the case where uh, if, the, if the space is not available, sheltering at home and being wanting to age in place will not be possible. Yeah. Um, I just want to comment. You know, we, you've talked a lot about the younger uh, caregiver and, and the mm-hmm. emerging group of younger caregivers. But one of the things that we also see, and I know you've seen it as well, is the older caregiver. And I say that because... Um, um, some years ago, there was a lady who was uh, 80 who called because her mother needed services. Mm-hmm. And her mother was like um, 102 or something like that. So when they got to the house, the mother said, I don't need any services. I'm perfectly fine. It's that daughter of mine that can use services. So we have a lot of older caregivers um, that are trying to take care of an even older relative. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure you've seen some of that pattern as well. Um, but, and just, uh, go ahead. Just, just to add to that, it's because of this, 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 this life expectancy and this mm-hmm. mortality advantage mm-hmm. uh, uh, is, is playing out in terms of our uh, adult children uh, mm-hmm. were providing care. And in many cases, uh, as, uh, as the data show in, in many studies, that there are, there's a high uh, percentage with their own health, health mm-hmm. uh, issues that, that need to be uh, managed. Well, Dr. Angel, if there's one piece of advice you'd like to leave with our audience, what would that be? I think expanding upon what we just discussed, I think for all of the age groups of our uh, Latino uh, caregivers, it's really to stay healthy uh, and wise and be able to um, do that in order to be able to provide the care that's needed most, which is likely to be for uh, a long time. 
Well, Dr. Angel, thank you so much for joining us today. Your information has been very uh, enlightening. And um, we hope that you will join us again in the near future. My pleasure. Thank you, Charlene. We encourage you to follow Prepare to Care podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.aarp.org slash Houston P. T.C. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.